the Mom Genus Podcast. Two dental hygienists who became friends and later became moms who understand the struggles, the joys, and the self-doubt of raising kids, staying sane, and working. Listen to our regular conversations about everything except the kitchen sink. Welcome to the Mom Genus Podcast with Christy, Jasmine, and Karen. Enjoy the show. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Mom Genus Podcast. This is your co-host, Jasmine Haley. And uh, the other mommers were not able to make it. And that's okay because we have an amazing guest here to help us continue on our conversation to help empower you on your motherhood journey as a mom genist. Our guest for today is Molly McDonald. Molly, Molly McDonald, what she does is that she helps couples who have worked hard to cultivate an intentional life they truly love together. And they may be fearing entering parenthood. Who else has been there? Okay. Why are they fearing that? They're afraid that they may lose themselves and the way of life in that they had in order to become a family. Well, she is the founder of Three Journeys Community. She has developed a community of like-minded parents, parents-to-be, to deep dive together through the physical and emotional science and spirit of this life transformation. She incorporates experiences from nine years researching parent-child relationships, 22 years in massage practice and education, four years teaching prenatal yoga to increase physiological births, and support for the overall wholeness of each family member. Welcome to the show, Molly. Hello, thank you. Yes, I'm so looking forward to this journey. When I initially read your bio, I was like, yes, I love this because (laughs) I'm always talking about looking at business growth in a holistic way because like, we cannot separate everything that makes us who we are and expect our lives to feel in alignment if we're not looking at the whole picture. 100%. Yes. So this is, this is all it. So first of all, I also really love having people who come onto the show who have done some pivots in their career. So I just want to hear straight from you, like what led you into specializing and really helping couples in this way? Uh, Well, the short answer is my spirit. I was Mm -hmm. sitting in um, a college class, actually, early on in my college career. I was in psychology. um, So this was back in the late 90s. And I read some title called Parent, Infant Parent Educator. And I had no idea what they meant by that. But I just heard this, like, it was like the clouds parted. And I heard this ping in my brain and in my soul that that was this rabbit hole that I wanted to take a deep dive down. And um, so I continued in psychology. I thought I might go and get my graduate degree and landed a job in uh, as a researcher in developmental psych, as a research coordinator for a lab. And um, what I quickly recognized, also listening to my spirit, was the person with the PhD, uh, you know, they spend their time crunching numbers. They spend their time writing grants. They spend their time editing articles. And they weren't actually working with parents and babies. Um, and I love science. I love research. I love data. Uh, but I also love this more ethereal and um, really the connectedness when you have conversations with people and with parents. So it led me on this journey to create my own career because there wasn't anything out there happening that really spoke to that thing that I was feeling internally. 
which is that becoming a parent is one of the most massive transformations we go through in life. And everybody just kind of brushes by it like, oh, all right, there you did that and move on. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's uh, just such a rapid transformation and with so much depth that I felt that deserved a lot more attention than we give it. Absolutely. Um, listen, I didn't have any prep. OK, I was a hot mess. <laughs> First, I was really right. young. Yeah, right. you know, but I but you know what? A lot of everything that's happening right now in my parenthood journey is because I'm doing the internal work for me. Yes. Yes. You know, yes. and I didn't get that until you know, I had an episode of burnout and became extremely ill. And then yes. I saw my daughter's face when she witnessed me mm-hmm. laying on the ground in debilitating pain. The horror on her face was enough for me to say, what am I doing with my life Right. for me to get this right. sick from stress? Right. So, she reflected back to you what you were going yes. through. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's so powerful. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And so that made me realize, because there was a lot of things my mom had not healed from, from her mm. childhood. And oftentimes that's because you're a child that hasn't healed right? Your parents mm-hmm. haven't healed from their own things. They pass into you. And then mm-hmm. she starts having children young. I started young, very, like early, you know, early 20s, yeah. married young, started young. You know, you don't really know yourself completely. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, it's it's one of the most challenging journeys you can be in because if you want to do it right, which most of us do, right? It's going to cause <laughs> right. us to have to look at ourselves. Right. Good, bad, right. and ugly. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you said doing it right, because that is something that is so ingrained in us that somehow there is a right way. <laughs> it's like, well, mm. who wrote that manual? You know, and where is you it? You know, that's true. That's true. You know, yeah. and so um, what I really like to talk to parents about right being is, is it in alignment for you? And for your baby, Mm -hmm. you are your baby's expert. You are your child's expert. Nobody knows that child more than you. You may have no idea what you're doing, but that child, nobody knows that child more than you. And Mm -hmm. so you may need to seek information outside. You may need to seek uh, support. You may need to seek um, options for how to handle things, but you are going to be the only one who knows what's right for you and your family and your family dynamic, given any challenge that you face as a parent. I love that, Molly, because when you think about it, so I was just listening to some Red Table talk. (laughs) (laughs) Not saying that this is a peer-reviewed, you know, like research or anything like that. But yes, I was listening to people have a conversation on Red Table talk on Facebook. That's through Jada Pinkett Smith. And what I thought was very interesting which came onto my mind as you were speaking was that we need to be in alignment. There is no right, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and, alignment and I want to, right. right. Alignment is right. And we also want to make sure that it's a healthy alignment. Cause we've got some people out there that are aligned and they're dysregulated individuals <laughs> raising <laughs> right. their children to stay dysregulated. Okay. So we're not right. talking about that, but we're talking about, you know, just really coming to the core of what's valuable for you. But then after some point in time as parents, we have to allow our children to find that as well. Absolutely. And, and there's so, a push and pull with that. 
There absolutely is. It's so easy to think that our job is to do as parents. And really, it's being with our children. It's witnessing them. It's holding space for them, allowing them to find their path. It's modeling for them what self-care looks like instead of telling them what self-care looks like. So I have, you know, in 20 some years of massage therapy practice now, I will have people that will bring their teenagers in and then get them all signed up for monthly massages and not put themselves on the calendar. (laughs) And I'll say, so mama, here you are trying, you're saying you're bringing her in because you want her to know the value of taking care of herself. But the truth is you're doing this to take care of her. This is not her taking care of herself. So the way that you can show her what it is to take care of yourself is to show her what it takes care of for you to take care of yourself. That's what will teach her that. And there's this light bulb that goes off. And now I have all these pairs of parents and teens or parents and kids who are coming in for their self-care because they get that. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't just say something. I actually have to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our kids are, you know, our kids are on their unique path. Um, They, their souls are on a unique journey and we can't know their soul journey. Mm -hmm. We can know the history of since they've been born and the kinds of ways that we influence them genetically and emotionally and relationally, but we don't know what their soul journey is. That's something we have to sit back and let them drive. Yes. And so I think, you know, coming to that realization sooner rather than later is so important because it could Mm -hmm. help us navigate some of the challenges that arise, especially when our children are trying to work their way towards figuring what that is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that's why I work with babies and newborns. Babies and newborns are, (laughs) I mean, they are so innately designed to pay attention to what they need from the inside out. And I think that slowly but surely, now granted, part of that is reflexes, right? Like it's a, it's a biological design. Yeah, but they don't talk back. There's no talk back. (laughs) They don't. They don't. Um, They don't talk back, but they do communicate and they communicate far before they're pre-verbal. And so when we as parents learn how to attend to those forms of communication that they give us, we are supporting them in their autonomy, in their body, in their voice. When we say, when our baby is screaming and crying and we don't have answers for them or we don't have a way to fix it, one thing we can do is hold them close, heart to heart, and say, I am working so hard. I wish I had answers for you. I'm so sorry you're so upset but I want you to know I won't let you be upset alone. I'm here for you, even if I can't fix it. I love that, Molly. And let me tell you why I really love that. Okay, keep going, keep going, keep on giving, giving us those gems and I'll tell you why I love that. Yeah, so, you know, we can't fix everything for our kids and we can't prevent everything that they'll face, but we can teach them that they don't have to do it alone. We can teach them that it's safe to feel through it. We can tell them that they don't have to hush if they're not in a space to do it. It's okay to feel their feelings. Mm. You know, we do that by providing space for it. Yeah. Yeah. You're really, really touching me. Mm. Because when you think about that, uh, just what you're sharing, 
if we allowed our children to feel and then also let them know it's safe, yes. we could minimize or reduce some of the most atrocious things that have happened to some of our young people as they're growing up because they wind up growing up being dysregulated. It's reminding me of a book mm-hmm. that I'm reading right now about average childhood experiences and mm-hmm. trauma. And there's something that all of us need at some point when we're at that critical stage where our neurons are starting to develop these pathways mm-hmm. of what's safe and what's not safe mm-hmm. and giving mm-hmm. them that space. And you may not even know, but just bringing them close to you mm-hmm. through those feelings, it could save us so much grief. It's that connection part and that communication part and the release of some of those feelings that have been suppressed for so long for so many people. And mm-hmm. it often starts at that at that age, you know? Uh, absolutely does. Yeah. And so the cool thing is that with a newborn, not only is it opportune for your newborn, it is opportune for parents as humans and on their own journey to learn what it is to work at someone else's pace. And so, for example, if I'm doing a massage technique or a, a stretch, a series of stretches with a baby, Um, And let's say we are hugging their arms across their chest and then spreading them open wide. You know, I always tell parents, we're going to do things with our baby instead of to our baby, not only in this minute exercise, but in life. And it's this minute exercise that's going to teach you what that feels like in your body to do things at their pace. And so maybe the stretch the first time the baby's hands hardly meet, they don't, they certainly don't cross across their chest. And so we just show them what direction do we want to go, but we're not going to force you. What direction do we want to go, but we're not going to force you. And then we're going to change directions. This is new. This feels a little strange. I'm not going to force you, but I'm going to let you know where we're trying to head. And then when you repeat that stretch over and over with that gentleness and with that working with your baby where they are in this moment, all of a sudden the baby's limbs start releasing tension, right? They drop into their nervous system where they are calm and collected because they don't need to protect their body. You're not forcing them, right? And so this physical activity becomes a metaphor for supporting their whole being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how to relate to them. So what would you say is like the first step that we need to consider? Because like we, we often know that there's things that have to change, right? And there, Mm -hmm. this is going to be, like you just said, one of the biggest transformative experiences that we could that we could have. I think for me that the being a business owner and having children were my two (laughs) (laughs) that made me confront who I was, you know, goodness. Yes. Yeah. And make the changes. So what would you say is like one of the first steps that we could take in this place where we know that we know there isn't no, there isn't a right or wrong answer, but how can we get to a place of alignment to be able to serve and guide our children in the way that they need to be um, balanced humans? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. So I feel like one of the first things we can do, let's assume 
that we're at the beginning of this pregnancy, birth, and first year of life journey, mm-hmm. uh, which are the three journeys, by the way, uh, in the in the community you mentioned that I'm creating. So let's imagine that we're at the beginning of this journey. We know intellectually that our bodies are going to change, our responsibilities are going to change, our relationships will shift with our partners. Um, Maybe we invited this in. Maybe this is a total surprise to us. What we know is that there is a ton of change on the horizon. What we crave is the ability to control it. (laughs) And we can, there are certain things that are in our control and there are certain things that are not. So really dialing down and looking at what is in my power to change or to keep the same? Mm. If it's not in my power, the answer is surrender. Mm. Now you already know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know how many people have a hard time with that? They can't even let, they can't even go back and just fall back and let someone catch them. Right. Right. Well, Which is why there's no one to catch, right? I mean, someone sometimes yes, there's no one true. to catch you. So it's it's um uh yeah, yeah. And so the fret comes from trying to create stability. And sometimes uh sometimes the answer is to flow with things. Uh to not know and to be okay with not knowing. And if you like that topic, I recommend Pema Chodron to anybody <laughs> to read anything mm-hmm. she's written about being uncomfortable in not knowing, um, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I, I really love that. Um, I just love everything you're saying, honestly. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, my so every year I choose a word for for the year. And my word for this year is alignment. That was a word that I used to create my vision board. And I really, I don't just put a bunch of pictures together. I really think about the intentions I have for the year. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. every single time I've gotten out of alignment with what was important for me, something ridiculous happened in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That could have been prevented. That could have been prevented. And Mm. even when it comes to the relationships I've built, right. when you're not sure of your intentions, right. Or yes. where, where and how you want to show up, it even impacts the relationships that you build. And so like, even with our ch- children, we have to be intentional. Absolutely. They're only with us for a short period of time. They're going to grow extremely quickly. Mm-hmm. And if we're not intentional, then what will happen to us is that we'll get bogged down with things that may not even be important to your own children. Um, Absolutely. And that's a deeper connection. That's what they want is a deeper connection. Not all the gadgets, not all the things. They want your attention. Yes. They want your time, your attention, and your presence. They want your presence Mm -hmm. even more than your attention. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... um, I mean, that's true whether they're brand new and still think they are one with you. They don't realize yet that they're a separate being. 
Mm-hmm. Um, which is true for that whole fourth trimester, like pretty much anything further than an arm's width away from you, uh, proprioceptively, they, um, they don't understand that it feels like something's missing. You know, they don't realize they're a separate being from you yet at that point, I think energetically, in my opinion. Um, but wow. I, I really try to help parents work from two ends of the spectrum. One is in the big picture, what do you want for your child in this life? I tell my son, I want him to feel holy himself, whatever looks that looks like for him on any part of his journey. I want him to be able to be responsible for himself and the people that he cares for. And I want him to find joy. And other than that, all the variables can look different. Like I want you to be a fully formed, responsible human. Other than that, there's a lot of choice in there. Um, versus you know, my child is going to be a star in this sport or that sport or like, it's fun to dream all of those things, but, um, you know, those, those things are up to them. So I I tell parents to think about the big picture. What are the big elements that you want to instill in your children before they leave your household? And then the daily tasks, when we measure them against that big picture, it's a whole lot easier to scratch some of them off the list. If you're like, you know what, this doesn't matter in the long run. If they want to run around with their pants off for the day because they're a toddler and we're inside the house, who cares? Like, I'm not choosing this battle. It's not, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this does not make me a good or a bad parent. Let the kid have his pants off, you know, like. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we just busy ourselves with so much micromanaging sometimes in parenting because we think it's good. We think there's so much work to do. But if sometimes if you just you know, and then the other thing is with a newborn, for example, sometimes it's very difficult to discern what matters when you're facing newborn struggles, sleep, breastfeeding pain, mm-hmm. um, maybe baby has a tongue tie, maybe there's colic or reflux, or uh, maybe they have an allergy or something. And it's like, sometimes it feels like all the needs that are present are competing with one another. Mm-hmm. And during that time period, I like to remind people in most cases, your child will figure out how to eat and survive. You know, like there are very small instances in which eating does not work out in the long run, you know, mm-hmm. and your child will sleep at some point when they become a teenager and go through puberty, you're not going to be able to wake them up. So let's just remember, this is a period <laughs> of time. This is a phase, like we will get there, <laughs> you know, and um, I, you know, with my own son, he was not a sleeper. Uh, and I knew when I was pregnant and beyond, I knew even just while I was pregnant that my biggest struggle was going to be lacking sleep as a parent. And it sure was. Uh, but I just had to remind myself, he will sleep one day. I will sleep one day. It's all going to work out. And I wish I would have had more grace with myself in that, in hindsight. You know, yeah, I wish I would have just yeah. been more graceful with myself and just trusted mm-hmm. that. Um, so keeping an eye on the big picture, what are my big picture goals and what really matters today when I think about those Mm -hmm. big picture goals and the rest of it, just, you know, try to try to enjoy the ride, get the gator closest to the boat when there's a lot lined up Mm -hmm. and then move on to the next one. Yeah. I wish I gave myself that same measure of grace with my first one. Um, And that was because I didn't really know. I didn't know what I was doing. I was, you know, in my early 20s, newly married. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, (laughs) 
And so I was extremely hard on myself. And I just, and I realized that what I did realize though, was I didn't like that feeling I felt during yes. that time. And so when I had my second one, it was like, oh no, we're going to change this whole thing. So I had, you know, I, I made the choice to um, do co-sleeping. I made yes. the choice to keep her nearer, mm-hmm. work less and keep her nearer. And thank God I was able to work less. It was very tight, but by cloth diapering and, mm-hmm. you know, breastfeeding that helped us save a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was most important for me was getting that connection time and being closer to her so that she could feel safer. So and- what I hear you saying is you knew what the big, big picture goal was. And that made the decisions in the day to day much easier to make. It was like night and day. Yeah. And I felt more balanced. Even my husband would say the difference between the way I look like when I was pregnant with the second versus the first, because I decided at that time to surrender. Mm-hmm. So I remember in that pregnancy, my second one, I was laughing more. I wasn't so, because yes. at that point I was stressed about, you know, student loans. I had just graduated from school. My husband was in school. It was just a lot going on. And I was like, you know what? It's going to be what it's going to be. Right. Yes. And I was laughing. I was dancing. And when she came out, I mm. um, co- had close co-sleeping, you know, and I did it in a protective way because, you know, there's people that is anti-co-sleeping, right. but right. I don't care what y'all say. You can yeah. do it in a safe way. You can. Um, absolutely. And that was really important to me. And I just and, and the way she was the way because I let her go, I've just seen how strong and more confident she was mm-hmm. with navigating just mm-hmm. her surroundings versus Absolutely. my first one that I didn't know what I was doing. I was tightly wound, you know, just trying to figure things out and trying to get her to follow some sort of schedule that I read in the right. book that it's supposed to be like, Absolutely. she was like, what are you doing to me, mom? <laughs> yeah. Externalized information versus following your intuition. That's what I'm hearing between the two. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So I want to highly encourage others that are in that place to just understand. And I talk about the intuition a lot, but especially for business owners, but just Mm -hmm. even in our entire life, personally or professionally, we've got to learn to start trusting ourselves more. And you'll find that you'll get like a weight off of your shoulders when Absolutely. you stop looking for external validation and really look for that internal validation that's already there. We just tend to ignore it because we're piling on so much on our shoulders in the well, process you, of trying to live. Absolutely. And you said it perfectly. It was a weight lifted off. When you're following your intuition, it feels light. It feels vibrant. It feels like laughter. It feels like excitement. That's so true. And, um, you know, I kind of started saying, you know, babies are so innately intuitive. They just follow whatever whim fires through their body. And then I think what happens is that as we start to grow up, we slowly are socialized out of following those signals. Sit down, be quiet, use your inside voice, don't fidget. And subconsciously, we begin to dampen all of our inner voices. 
as to what our body needs and desires. And then we hit our 20s and 30s and 40s, and we're trying to figure out how do we tap into our intuition? Well, guess what? It's been there all along. People have just been telling us to shut it down, and we bought into that. So it's time to raise babies in a way that supports them hanging on to that intuition from day one. You know, it doesn't mean they always get their way, but when we follow their lead and show them what, that we are willing to do that, we are supporting them in building and, and keeping their intuition, you know, things like, uh, not, not forcing our children to hug strangers, not forcing our children to Mm -hmm. touch strangers, uh, telling people, if you would like to offer a hug, you're welcome to, you know, if you would like to offer a hug to this person, you can to your child, you know, giving them the autonomy to make the decision, um, and honoring that. Um, yeah. And the reason it's all based in touch for me is that if we're in a very touchophobic society, uh, Mm -hmm. and, when we do a lot of massage and innate uh, intuitive touch and um, healthy intentional touch within the family where it's safe and where it's protected and where that baby is honored, then they're going to have a whole internal visceral vocabulary of what loving, safe touch feels like, what loving, safe, protective energy feels like in their personal space. And I feel like that subconsciously helps them develop the wiring in their body to recognize when someone's intentions are off outside of them. Yes. It is a, it is a way of protecting our children down the road. Ooh, That was powerful. Mm -hmm. Because the simple, this, the simple decision of like, I was, I was a child that was, you know, I grew up and that's how my mother was raised. You were seen and not heard, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. what happens is, is that you start looking to what falls and what happens is you wind up becoming a people pleaser. Okay. That's essentially what it is. I was trying to think (laughs) of some profound thing to say, listen, is that this is what it is. You're a people pleaser. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's, I will accommodate everything around me and ignore myself. Exactly. And when we get to that place, that is, you get used to repeated action of dishonoring yourself. Yes. Yes. Well said. So it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. So then it's okay. And then all of a sudden you realize as an adult, why do I feel so unfulfilled? Why don't I have joy in my life? You may be successful in the sense of I've gotten this degree. I've gotten this great paying job. I've gotten this. I got that. I got that. I've got a great house. I've got you know, mm-hmm. money in the bank, whatever, but you still feel unfulfilled. That's the reason why, because we've been taught to give that away. And so I appreciate you sharing that because I can just see the difference between my, my two daughters. Just yesterday, my older one, I was talking to her about uh, tapping into what she enjoyed. I asked her, does she like being a leader? How does she feel in having, you know, these type of experiences? Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you know that about yourself, this is how you should carry yourself going forward with choosing Mm -hmm. things that help you exercise that gift that you have. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to encourage her to be able to do that because I noticed in some of her interactions, she has more fear. Mm. Whereas my younger one is really fearless. Like she doesn't uh-huh. care that my door is closed when I'm podcasting. 
Yes. <laughs> she doesn't care about boundaries. Now we are teaching her about boundaries, but she definitely has more fear, no, less fear when it mm-hmm. comes to just expressing who she is. Yes. Yes. Which is a beautiful thing. It is. It's a wonderful thing. So immediately as you were talking, I was wondering like, man, how did I add to that fear from my daughter? And like, how can I empower her now? Because there's still time. There's still time. Here's another thing that I'm hearing you say in there, which, okay, kicking back to my research days for nine years doing research around parent-child interactions, I absolutely loved looking at the difference between families who had a ton of kids and families who had one or two children and the their perception of how much they influenced who their kids were becoming and mm. of, as logic may follow the more kids you have the less influence you realize you really have like truly they are who they are and you get a little piece of that <laughs> you okay, know but as okay. moms <laughs> as moms there are things we can influence right um and we're always going to blame ourselves. We're always going to have our natural biological negativity bias of now, what did I not do here? (laughs) Right. Instead of, Mm -hmm. wow, look at all this awesome stuff that's happening, you know, and I get to witness it and be a part of it. And who knows, you know, so um, it's so easy to drop into the mom blame about anything and everything. Uh, One thing that we can do is influence anything from any day we can start today from any day we can start today and make positive shifts towards more groundedness, more intuitiveness for our children. Um, Some fun ways to do that through touch are like uh, massage storytelling. Mm. So can I touch your back? Do you want to play? Do you want to play? Do you want to have a massage story? Well, what is that? You know, well, it's where we're going to do some back rubs, but we're going to use our back rubs to tell a story. Does that sound like something you would like to do? yes or no, you follow their lead, right? That in and of itself, allowing them to say no or allowing them to say yes, gives them autonomy and voice. Mm-hmm. And then you choose either or. Let's Do we want to be in a jungle or do we want to be in the desert? And then if we're in the jungle, okay, we're in the jungle. And, you know, and maybe you are using fists kind of walking up their back. In the jungle, is there an elephant? And you walk fists up their back, really big, thumpy touch right? Or is it a little tiny bird? And then there are these little tiny taps, right? A bird hopping around or flitting around. And based on the touch they like, they they tell you where the story is going to go. So this is a way of incorporating autonomy and voice through the use of touch and massage and connection. And of course, touch and massage also then elicit oxytocin, which is bonding. Mm. Wow. And they love, love having that. control. <laughs> they love having mm-hmm. control. It gives them the opportunity to practice control. You know? Yep. Yep. Oh, I see that so much. And as, as you're, and I appreciate you telling me that to remind me of that, especially when, because negativity bias is powerful. <laughs> it is. It is. It oh, is strong. man. Yeah. <laughs> It definitely is. All right. So, you know, we, we have, we keep our episodes shorter and I, and I really, really love this conversation, but I know that there's so much more our listeners can learn from you and the work that you do. So go ahead and share with us how they can stay in contact. Absolutely. The best place you can follow me right now is on Instagram 
at Molly Turner McDonald. And I'm sure those will be in the podcast notes as well. And uh, that would be the best place to connect with me and follow me and see uh, everything coming up on the horizon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Molly, for being a part of this episode and this podcast. And it's been such a pleasure learning from you. Such a pleasure connecting with you. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Like us on Facebook. See you next.